on a thousand planets and spreading out. Open the pod bay doors, Hal. Danger, Will Robinson. Danger. Look, up in the sky. It's a bird. It's a plane. To the bat poles. May the force be with you. Who is that mask man? Avengers, assemble. Good afternoon and welcome to the Fantastic Forum. I'm Ulysses E. Campbell. Before we get to today's discussion, some genre-related news. A new trailer for Season 7 of Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. on ABC dropped last week. You can view it on the Fantastic Forum Facebook page at facebook.com backslash Fantastic Forum. And while you're there, if you haven't already, like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter and Instagram. We love to be liked and we like to be followed. Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. premieres on Wednesday, May 27th for its final season. Disney Studios announced earlier this week that Academy Award winner Taika Waititi will direct and co-write an upcoming Star Wars movie for theatrical release. Waititi is no stranger to Star Wars, having directed the acclaimed season finale of The Mandalorian on streaming service Disney+. Oscar nominee Christy Wilson Carnes will co-write the project with Waititi. A release date for the movie has yet to be announced. Monday, May 4th was Star Wars Day. Observed annually on May 4th, it is a celebration of fandom for George Lucas's fantasy sci-fi masterpiece. And, apparently, it all began with a pun. Margaret Thatcher was elected as the United Kingdom's first female Prime Minister on May 4th, 1979. The victorious Conservative Party took out a newspaper ad that read, May the 4th be with you, Maggie. Congratulations. However, the date wasn't connected with the Star Wars-themed holiday until 2008 when a social media fan group celebrating something called Luke Skywalker Day adopted the pun as a slogan. While other Star Wars-themed holidays have been proposed, including Los Angeles Star Wars Day on May 25th in celebration of the release date of the first movie and Revenge of the Fifth, a pun on Episode 3, Revenge of the Sith, None of those have caught on with the same vigor as May the 4th be with you. May 5th was National Cartoonist Day, honoring all those creative, ink-stained artists, past and present, and the fascinating pieces they have created. Throughout the years, their talents bring humor and entertainment into our lives, while simultaneously provoking thought and debate. The date observes the publication of what is considered to be the first official comic strip on May 5th, 1895 in the New York world, Hogan's Alley, by Richard Outcult. The strip later became known as The Yellow Kid. Outcult is recognized as the first artist to utilize the word balloon. Today, in line with current events, we're discussing noteworthy movie, television, comic book, and literature works focusing on apocalyptic or dystopian themes. And joining me today on this special coronavirus edition, because we are all social distancing and we are gathering via the miracle of technology. But joining me for this show are Brian Lyles, Camille Come Richardson, and Mike Lunsford from the Great Geek Refuge. 
Thanks, every pretty for being a part of this wonderful thing called Fantastic Forum. I appreciate it. <laughs> All right. Well, hey, before we actually get to today's discussion, I did want to make mention of a couple of things that happened earlier this week. Uh, of course, Monday, May the 4th, was Star Wars Day. May the 4th be with you. And that was followed <laughs> on Tuesday by Revenge of the 5th. And also, Tuesday, May the 5th, was National Cartoonist Day. So, uh, at the risk of going down the Star Wars rabbit hole, because, <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, there's no risk at all. None of us like Star Wars, right? But uh, <laughs> wondering how you guys uh, spent Star Wars Day and uh, Revenge of the 5th. Uh, Camille, what did you do? Very emotional. I don't <laughs> know where else to go other than completed Clone Wars. And if you're watching it, you'll know why. Mm. But beautifully done. Beautifully done. And heavily emotional. <laughs> I can think of no better way <laughs> to, uh, to, to honor the day. Hey, Mike, what about you? So um, I will actually be finishing Clone Wars as soon as we're done with this episode. I'm, I'm maybe like two or three episodes away from finishing uh, the last season. But like for me, it, it was just like sharing pictures. Like because we went to uh, Galaxy's Edge last year and I shared pictures of me and my son like riding the Millennium Falcon. Um, Flying the Millennium Falcon. <laughs> yeah, buddy. Punch it <laughs> <laughs> um, I shared pictures of that. I shared pictures of us building a droid at uh, the Droid Depot, which he has affectionately named Bill. So, like, like it's like like BB-8, right? But we named him BB-111, so it's Bill. Uh, 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 Bill, yeah. Um, so he has Bill, and then we have the lightsaber that we constructed together. So I just shared pictures of that and, like, all the cool scenery around there and then, like, shared a bunch of Star Wars memes because it's funny. And then um, I luckily today on uh, the 5th, the you know, Revenge of the 5th, um, I got my um, Anakin Skywalker shirt. <laughs> <laughs> I yeah, can't... You were telling that story last week about that yeah. my basketball camp. <laughs> oh, F them kids, man. And I feel... <laughs> I feel like Anakin would say the same thing when those kids are like, Master Skywalker, there's too many of them. Yeah. <laughs> I got to be a Sith to save my wife, man. F them kids. Like, <laughs> I have, and you promised me, man, I got to find out where I could get one of those t-shirts. <laughs> I mean, them kids are worse than sand. Just saying. Just saying. They get everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Brian, what about you? How did you celebrate? Uh, very, very minor. Uh, all I did was switch my Facebook profile of my favorite character, which is Lord Darth Vader. Uh, because <laughs> I am, I, I told this to Yuli a long time ago. I'm a Sith Lord. I, I just can't stand the rebels. <laughs> I don't like the Jedi Order. They annoy me. And I, I honor the greatest, greatest villain of all time. That's all I did. <laughs> oh, so you were more interested in Tuesday than Monday. <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> With a whole bunch of tacos for him, too. So. <laughs> Good will always triumph over evil. Yeah. Hey, so uh, yeah, it, just to observe, I uh, reflected uh, on the past, uh, my time uh, being, uh, which continues, by the way, of being a a uh, real deep, heavy Star Wars fan. And the picture that I posted on social media was from Free Comic Book Day a couple of years ago uh, out at Victory Comics in Falls Church. 
and uh, a buddy of mine, uh, Evil Boy, <laughs> uh, has he has a black uh, stormtrooper armor. But he and a couple of other stormtroopers, uh, I, I got a picture. They have me on my knees, and I am surrounded. And uh, you know, as sort of my uh, homage to the late Marion Barry, I said the Sith set me up. <laughs> <laughs> Jedi for life, Yuli Campbell. <laughs> yeah, a lot of people don't know where that quote came from. I'm like, oh, oh yeah, that's, that's what that is. <laughs> anyway, so we hope that you too uh, enjoyed Star Wars Day and uh, National Cartoonist Day also. Uh, I, I honestly, shamefully, I wasn't as into National Cartoonist Day, but I'm thinking that probably a show sometime in the near future where we talk about some of our favorite cartoonists is going to be in order because uh, the 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 love of comics at least for me is the foundation upon which all of this other fandom is built i mean i i found comic books before i found star trek and science fiction and fantasy and sword and sorcery and even horror, I think, although probably the Godzilla thing was around the same time as comic books, but I'm reasonably sure that Superman and Batman came first. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so definitely a show about comics and cartoons and some of our favorite people uh, to to because you got to have a show specifically about the artists and then another one about writers. But uh, that is absolutely going to be in order for the very near future. But today on the radio show what we're talking about and uh, this is partly inspired by the current times of course we are living through a pandemic and the coronavirus is on the minds of every sentient being on the face of the earth as we all try to uh, either avoid sickness or mourn those who have been lost uh, try to adapt to these changing times and what I was very struck by is the fact that as fans of comics and science fiction, in some ways, we have been in preparation for this calamitous situation for some time, because many of our favorite works of fiction are based on some horrible dystopian future or some post-apocalyptic event. And so... We're going to be talking about some of those works on today's show. So um, I'm going to get us started simply because uh, I, I want to make sure that I get this in. And it is not only one of the more known works of uh, post-apocalyptic uh, fiction, but it's been adapted into a number of different forms. I'm talking about, of course, I Am Legend, the 1954 book from Richard Matheson, excuse me, from the great Richard Matheson, uh, that was made into no less than three major motion pictures, starting with Last Man on Earth, starring Vincent Price in 1964, followed by the one I want to focus on, Charlton Heston in The Omega Man, 1971, and of course, Will Smith in I Am Legend in 2007. And uh, this is uh, very similar to what we have today because it's a plague. And as it happens, the lead character, uh, Robert Neville, 
is uh, immune to the plague. And so he's got to fight these zombie-esque creatures who are humans who have been infected and have turned. And, uh, you know, these are pretty much the commonalities. Now, some of the stuff that I really liked about the Omega Man um, happened to be uh, the fact that it is so very well put together. You got Rosalind Cash uh, as the love interest, uh, Lisa, and um, in fact, uh, our, our friend Shireen uh, has a whole lot uh, to say about uh, Lisa and uh, the fact that this character sort of um, spawned a bunch of other similar types of characters in a bunch of other stories. Another thing that I think sets the Omega Man apart from a lot of these others is the incredible musical score by Ron Grainer. And uh, it, it's if you haven't heard it, I mean, the music is just really out of this world. Also, uh, of course, Charlton Heston as the star, yet another film that Charlton Heston does not make it out of alive, <laughs> but uh, you know, something very appropriate about the way that this this whole thing goes down and and i'd be remiss if i also didn't mention anthony zerba as matthias uh you know the villain in this picture uh but also uh very very well played but very well acted very well put together directed written picture and built on not just movies but literature as well and very timely so that is that is my contribution um why don't we uh, pivot to uh, Camille next? Um, I'm going to start with a book that actually ended up being my 2014 favorite book of the year. Um, but it's called Rover Red Charlie, and it was done by Garth Ennis. And it's basically about you've got three dogs who've woken up one day, and they look outside, and all of a sudden, the feeders, the humans, Uh, have gone completely nuts and they're killing each other and no one has any idea why but one of the dogs his name is Charlie and he is a service dog so the only real purpose he has in life is to help humans so that they can continue living and can still do what they need to do so he's super scared about what's going on while the other two dogs one who's kinda not exactly the brightest crayon in the box and another one who's just kinda blase about the whole thing um, end up deciding to investigate a bit a bit and they're like you know what the his pots they've always been smarter than us like let's go see what if they know what's going on or, or if they've seen any humans that are okay and they end up getting tricked and it just ends up being this whole excursion where they go from what they say is the big splash to the bigger splash so from the Atlantic to the Pacific and they're gonna trek the whole country to see what has happened um, and it's an interesting take because it, it also follows what there are some very sad things in terms of what we've done with animals just being humans. And you can see as they're going on this journey, whether it's animals they've seen that have come out of labs or military dogs or, or things like that. I mean, they're seeing it all. But their whole point is to see if this virus that has made everyone go nuts, if there are any people left. And if there aren't, can they get on without people anymore. Can they be okay with that? Um, but yeah, one of the most beautiful books I've ever read. Uh, easily an amazing story of sacrifice, survival, and friendship. But it is tough for some folks because yeah, there are some there are hard moments. Rover Red Charlie. Yep. 
All right. Hey, you're listening to Fantastic Forum on WERA 96.7 FM. We are Arlington. I'm Ulysses Z. Campbell. I'm joined today by Brian Lyles, Camille Richardson, and Mike Lunsford. And we are talking about our favorite, well, if it's possible to have a favorite, <laughs> post-apocalyptian <laughs> story. I mean, all of those are very depressing, so don't know that uh, we can say our favorites. But those standout post-apocalyptian or um, uh, dystopian uh, stories. So, uh, Mike, you're in the anchor leg. Uh, what do you got? Well, I, <laughs> you took one. I don't want to say you took mine because it's such a good movie that nobody can take it. I just wanted to comment on, um, Omega man slash I am hey, legend. Hey, real if quick. you want to talk more about Omega man, we can absolutely do that. <laughs> I was going to, I was going to comment on it real quick. Um, as a fan of the book, um, and then going to see the Will Smith version, because I had seen the Charlton Heston one as a kid, but then I was like, oh, Will Smith's doing one. Cool, I like Will Smith. This will be fun. I went and saw it, and the ending is completely different, and I was so mad. <laughs> for the mo- for the most part, like, when it comes to, like, artistic interpretations and things like that and different takes they, they do with the story, I'm cool with. But, like, to take what is the title of the book and the reason why it's the title of the book and strike it from the film it is so absurd. It, it made me so angry because like it, for, for those of you who haven't read the book or seen the Charlton Heston version, the reason it's called I am legend is because Will Smith ends up being the bad guy in the end and not like, Oh, he did something wrong. It's that he realizes that this, these monsters that he's calling, that's the new evolution of humanity and that he's the leftover. He's the legend of old. And like they capture him and they're going to execute him. And he realizes I need to die because this is he's like, I was that monster. I'm the boogeyman. And it's it's such a powerful message and like such a better ending than like, let's just blow him up with this light grenade. So it just it, it irritated me. And it was one of the few times that I've been like very, very upset when they did that. Um, I just wanted to at least mention that real quick. Um, but as far as like one of my favorite dystopian um, movies or series of all time, uh, Handmaid's Tale on Hulu is just absolutely phenomenal like the book great like um just a- absolutely fantastic work by um i'm blanking on her name right now uh margaret atwood. Atwood? thank you i knew her last margaret name i couldn't atwood, remember it was margaret, yeah. yeah margaret atwood's uh, book but like this series brings this this awful awful dystopian society to life and like you, you watch it and you you get sick to your stomach because you're watching what's happening and you're like, wow, this is a lot like reality. This is scary. Um, but then like the the performances are just phenomenal. Um, overall, like the, the cinematography for the series is just it's beautiful to watch, even though it's such a horrific um, set of circumstances that's going on. And it does that perfect balance of God, things are awful, but you get these glimmers of hope and you're like, maybe, just maybe. They're going to get this figured out and they're going to straighten this out. And I absolutely fell in love with that series and I cannot wait for, for the next season. Hmm. Okay. You know, um, I haven't seen much of a handmaid's tale, but something that I think as you're talking about that is, uh, the, the role that all of this plays in our society and, uh, you know, how a lot of the time, the writers or the creators of these things are looking at current events and they're sort of extrapolating on what they see 
as far as potentially where we go. And uh, I think that's one of the reasons why A Handmaid's Tale is particularly terrifying. So I'm just going to add that. Um, Okay. Uh, Let me see. Uh, Brian, you're in... Wait a minute. Yeah, you're in the anchor leg here. (laughs) (laughs) Got two anchors. All right. (laughs) Well, wait a minute. Wait a Uh, minute. I mean, yeah, you assigned you assigned that to me, and I was like, I wasn't gonna. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, like, I'm sorry. Wait, 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 wait. So it, I'm sorry. I I got I got hung. Wait. So um, wait, wait, wait. So you're gonna order. <laughs> wait, who's next? Am I next? <laughs> no, no, Brian's next. But you told me. Yeah, you told you went first, then it was Camille, then it was me, and then it was Brian. But you said once I went as the third person, you were like, "You're the anchor," and I'm like, "All right, that's yeah, cool." I thought Brian was the anchor. Okay, all right. Yeah, I totally made that up. Okay, all right. So, um, all right, Mike, you're not the anchor. <laughs> Brian, it's your show. I'm not going to correct you, man. You know, whatever. That's cool. Hey, you told Camille last week there were no rules. <laughs> I was no like, rules in quarantine. Wait, there are rules. <laughs> no rules in quarantine. <laughs> we absolutely oh, Anywho. We stick to the genres. We don't yeah. mention comedies when it comes around. <laughs> well, obviously that rule. But, yeah. <laughs> I'm just going to deviate from the whole... <laughs> genre of the Chris show. Don't talk about the rules. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. Fight Club. Yeah, exactly. Fight Club. Yeah, okay. <laughs> All right, Brian Lyles. <laughs> okay, um, I'm gonna go with movies, and the one of the I was kind of okay with its mild return uh, with Fury Road, but it wasn't the character that I saw. And the character I'm, I'm mentioning is Mad Max. And the, the three movies that, uh, that came out back in the, uh, in the 80s, uh, pretty much the last two, Road Warrior and uh, Beyond Thunderdome, are kind of like the real essence of an apocalyptic, how do we survive, did we survive type of scenario. Um, if those who ever saw Mad Max at the end of Mad Max, uh, after, you know, you know, Mel Gibson, you know, had to get revenge on the people who killed his wife. Um, we had the atomic bomb that blew up most of all of the world and, and everything. So when we see Road Warrior, it, it's sort of like, oh, my gosh. You know, we see Mel Gibson, his hair is all messed up, almost like Wolverine-esque. And he's driving in his souped-up Camaro and riding down the road. And it just, it, it, it was like that. Back in the 80s, their vision of an, apop- an apocalyptic future was kind of out. Was, it seemed out of sense, but then again, you kind of get it. I mean, there's like barely any humans, but then again, you're, you're trying to survive and, and you deal with these crazy people who out, come out of, out of the woodworks because they feel like they're free and all that stuff. And they just want to cause a whole bunch of havoc to maintain whatever this form of life that they're living in. And I felt like, you know, him, you know, he, he got this. He didn't really talk much. That's the cool thing. Mel Gibson really, didn't really talk much, especially in Road Warrior. Um, he, you know, he said, you know, said some lines here and there. But then again, his his presence, his sense of justice, because he was a policeman, you know, was still there. I and mean, he got, kept the sense of of himself 
you know, knowing this world is completely changed, but knowing the fact that there's got to be some law and order, there's got to be some some mild discipline in some sense, and I'm not dealing with all this craziness around me. So I'm gonna deal, you know, get my get my gasoline because I gotta you know keep on driving to wherever the hell I'm going. Uh, but getting it to the point where it's like if I'm dealing with a whole bunch of craziness, I'm gonna eliminate them as best as best as I can. And I think with going into Beyond Thunderdome. Uh, dealing with, you know, seeing a whole bunch of kids and all that stuff and seeing Tina Turner as a bad person was kind of interesting. Um, and, and her vision, and especially with her character, um, she kind of got that similarity with Mel, you know, with Mad Max. That's why she wa- brought him in and be- kind of tried to befriend him. But then again, he wasn't feeling it because, again, she was still part of this chaos that he wasn't feeling. And Mind you, she just want to take over everything in this crazy world. But towards the end, you know, she, you know, when they had that epic battle, uh, she kind of like, you know what? I like, I still like you. You know, and it's like, you know, keep it going, Raggedy Man. That's why I, I remember that last line saying, hey, hey, Raggedy Man. And she just left off and it, it just kept them, kept them going. And he just continued to walk on. So I, I, I like that sense of like of a one guy who still maintains himself even though everything else is completely gone and and i i felt like you know that that's the type that's how you deal with a i personally feel deal with an apocalyptic situation is just able to still maintain yourself still maintain your sanity your peace even though everything else is lost but if you're able to rectify certain things and still be able to be you then keep continue on doing that Hey, um, did you happen to see that uh, Ford uh, is apparent? And this was announced earlier this week too. Ford mm. is apparently supplying some sort of uh, crazy police interceptor. It looked like it was oh, straight yes. out of Mad Max. Yeah, to, yes, to Australia. Yes, yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> all places. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I thought that was interesting that you should uh, that you should mention that. All right. Hey. That musical cue means that uh, we have come to the end of the first half of the show. Of course, Fantastic Forum is brought to you via WERA 96.7 FM in Arlington, Virginia. We are community radio, and what that means is is that we are of the community, by the community, and for the community. In fact, we are smack dab in the middle of our spring fund drive, and... Uh, If you've heard community radio before, you know that means we need the support of the community. Visit the website at WERA.FM to make your tax-deductible contribution in behalf of, I was going to actually say, in in favor of and on behalf of uh, freedom of speech and community radio. So what we're going to do, we're going to pause momentarily while we acknowledge the invaluable contribution of our underwriters and our sponsors, and we're also going to take the opportunity to promote some of the other exceptional WERA programming that is coming up later today and over the weekend. But stay tuned, because Brian, Camille, and Mike and I will be right back with more fantastic forum just for you right after this. Don't go away. And welcome back to Fantastic Forum here on WERA 96.7 FM, 
We are your community radio station. I'm Ulysses E. Campbell. I'm joined this afternoon on this special coronavirus edition of Fantastic Forum because we are all observing the social distancing measures. We are sheltering in place. We are all using some form of technology to gather here and present this fine program to you. So uh, I've got with me here Brian Lyles, Camille Richardson, Mike Lunsford, and we are talking about our favorite. Well, okay, there I go again. I don't know that any of this stuff can be considered a favorite because it's all so horrible. Post-apocalyptic or dystopian fiction that is uh, based on literature, movies, television, or comic books. And uh, the last time, well, well, when we ended the first half of the show, uh, we had just gotten uh, Brian in, so we're cycling back around to me. Uh, this time, I'm going to mention a comic book property, and it happens to be Commandy, the last boy on Earth. And uh, why is Commandy, the last boy on Earth, worthy of note? Well, let me tell you why that is worthy of note, because... That is a DC Comics property. It was written and illustrated by Jack, the king of comics, Kirby himself, uh, during his renaissance when he went over to DC from Marvel in the early 1970s. Commandy, among several other books that uh, Jack Kirby created on behalf of DC. And uh, Commandy is one of the more interesting ones. They are, uh, at that point, and all of this stuff is taking place on Earth-1 uh, in the uh, regular DC continuity, but it is during a period called the Great Disaster. And there were other DC characters that sort of made their way into this thing, but uh, animals are intelligent, uh, humans are uh, basically uh, living off the land, cities have been destroyed, uh, made an indelible imprint on the DC universe, and was the source of a lot of other stuff for DC going forward. And in fact, something also that's kind of interesting, OMAC, the one-man army corps, was Commandy's grandfather. And that's something that people don't necessarily know. But yes, Commandy, last boy on Earth. So, um, Camille? I think you were after me. Because, of course, I can't keep any of this straight. <laughs> um, well, this is one of my favorites in, in, in the comic, not the show. Uh, the Walking Dead. So, when the series was coming out until it ended last year, uh, it was always one of my favorite books. One of the first books I'd always read when it came out on Wednesdays. Um, just all the way through the hundred and some issues that it went. But... I always say very different from the show. I was not the biggest fan of how that turned. But what I love about the story in general, and they do a good job, at least in the very beginning with the show, is that it's really not about zombies. Even though, yes, there's some sort of virus that's out, something that is causing the dead to rise. And, you know, they're, they're trying to figure out, you know, what will kill them? How do we keep them down? How can we stay safe? How do we even get to the point of having safe areas, let alone neighborhoods, let alone communities. Um, it ended up not being about zombies. It ended up being about other people. And 
What would you do in order to survive? What will you do in order to save your loved ones? Um, what will you fight against to not deal with the unknown? It comes down to the evils of humanity, really. It's not really about the monsters that are outside uh, because you're dealing with different types of people who have been able to run small communities. They've gotten it to that point, but then end up going at war with each other. It's a whole thing. You'd think that, you know, the enemy of my enemy would be my friend, but no, because you're all looking for food. You're all looking for resources. You're all looking to see if there's even a way you can restart this life. Um, but it, it's so important, just the relationships and seeing how you can even look at yourself being, you might be straight, straight and clean now, how far will you go? Will you watch yourself become the monster? And if you do, can you bring yourself back from that? And it comes down to people being the scary things and not the zombies, because at the end of the day, that can get figured out. Humans are a whole wild card. You know, I appreciate you mentioning The Walking Dead. It, it's one of my favorites. And that particular perspective, because especially with the resurgence of uh, zombie projects, you know, World War Z and 28 Days, and, you know, uh, the, there's a TV one. Z Nation. Yeah. Z Nation is the I thing know. I would think of. Yeah, so uh, because people get confused about what this stuff is and they want to make it out to be about the zombies but you hit the nail right on the head it's not about that at all what it's about and what so much post-apocalyptic stories are about is what happens to people when civilization breaks down and how people become the true monsters you know so uh, that's that's absolutely worthy of repeating so this one this one checks off a lot of boxes for me when it comes to uh, apocalyptic slash dystopian. Um, I, I love any book slash movie slash media in general that has a really awesome commentary on our society and how we sometimes can be pretty crappy people and like the things that the government, the things that the media do. And the book, surprisingly, if you've never read it, read, uh, if you've never read the book, it is a lot different than the movie. Uh, and that's The Running Man by Rich, Richard Bachman slash Stephen King. It's his pen name. Um, the movie is one of my favorites of all time, but it's mostly because it's just Schwarzenegger hamming it up and getting one-liners the entire time. But, like, just the fact that it's all about, like, here's, you know, our uh, the world's economy has collapsed, and how does it all function now? Well, America is basically, like, in shambles, but we got this dope game show hosted by um, Killian Dawson, yeah, Dan <laughs> Killian slash Richard Dawson, um, and he just and Dawson just kills it. He he was probably so coked up out of his head for this ep uh, movie, but like he is he is so awesome in this movie. This movie is fantastic. It has so many great one-liners in it, but like I love that people just there. There's no longer a um, a lowest common denominator. It doesn't matter. Like it, 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 people can get murdered, and that's more entertaining. We don't care anymore. Like it's all about being entertained. And like R Richard Dawson's speech at the end, where he's like, you know, you can't, you can't take me out. He's like, we've told you what to wear, what to eat, what to do for your entire lives. Like we, we are the world. We are the government. Like, like media controls everything. 
And it was just such an awesome message. Like, not awesome, it's a horrible message, because, again, you know, dystopian society. <laughs> but, like, just such an interesting message to really, like, hit on, like, this is kind of what we're becoming, whether we want to or not. Like, I know a lot of people get real, real, real preachy about Tiger King right now, because they're like, well, I'm not watching it, because it's awful, and blah, blah, blah. That's who we are now. We We elected a... Uh, reality TV show host, a failed businessman who convinced everybody that he was great, like to watch this guy on Tiger King stand up there in front of any everybody and be like, hey, look at me. I'm saving the tigers, but actually I'm killing them. And oh, one of my people got their arm bitten off and I put on an EMT jacket to go help them, even though I'm not an EMT. Like that's America in a nutshell. And the running the running man is America in a nutshell. We don't care how it happens. We don't care what happens. Entertain us kill people whatever like it it's it's such a it's such a like like turn the mirror on ourselves sort of movie and book mm -hmm. especially like definitely read the book if you can because it is it is much much different and has kind of a better uh message in the end but um yeah absolutely love that one mm. Now, you know, one thing that I want to, because I, I really enjoyed The Running Man, too. and uh, But one of the things that I want to just mention is uh, Mick Fleetwood's character in The Running Man. You know, because he's like, I used to write songs, but I don't do that anymore. <laughs> I was like, oh, wait, <laughs> it's Mick Fleetwood. <laughs> he's got a really nice Star Trek reference in there, too. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I'd forgotten about that. Yeah. Well, and, um, you know, the fact that you've got Richard Dawson. Uh, but, oh, something else I wanted to mention from that movie. I love the part, you know, because they've got the people who are betting on who's going to make the next kill. And uh, they got the little old lady. And they're like, okay, who do you think's going to make the next kill? And she's like, I think the next kill is going to be made by Ben Richards, you know, which was Schwarzenegger's <laughs> character. <laughs> So like, right. no, no, you gotta, but you gotta pick a stalker. She's like, no, I don't want to pick a stalker. I want to pick him. <laughs> I want to pick the running man. Mm. Yeah, she was right. <laughs> I mean, you, like Jim Brown is in this movie. Like, mm -hmm. yeah, like Jim Brown. You've Jesse got Ventura. Jesse the Body Ventura. Yeah, like, mm -hmm. yeah, absolutely. Oh, and like professor toru tanaka who of professional wrestling fame was sub-zero and you want to talk about the best one-liner ever it's when he kills sub-zero and he goes hey killian here's sub-zero now plain zero i mean come on dude. <laughs> best one-liner ever yeah, well, like you said, they're full of them. I mean, yeah. you know, it, it, but they also Schwarzenegger kind of hitting his uh, in a standard line. It's like, Killian, I'll be back. And he's like, only in the reruns. <laughs> 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 Running man. Yeah, good call there. Okay, in the true anchor leg, Brian Lyles. <laughs> okay. All right. Uh, I'm going to The Land of the Rising Sun. And this movie was way before the uh, the whole Kill a Mockingbird or whatever that crazy movie with Jennifer Lawrence in it, uh, is Battle Royal. And this movie was absolutely insanely crazy. If you ever anyone has seen a Japanese or South Korean movie, because the plot twist is always not what you think it is. So apparently the story is futuristic Japan pretty much they you know somehow they were overpopulated so they decided to well to limit the population they take uh, a certain number of teenagers 
and take him to this off Japan island and pretty much battle it out and see who survives. And it's completely insane. I mean, I, I just felt like when the, even the first moment is like, you know, four kids getting killed. I'm like, whoa, where is this coming from? And it's like right off the bat. And you, you try to figure out who survives or who don't. And really you don't because some people, you know, there's some leader or there's some person that you follow. But then again, they end up getting killed or getting hurt or whatever. So it becomes a very, you can't really root for anybody here. You sort of like, okay, you just sit and wait and see who survives. It is, uh, I, I, I was like in awe in this. Sadly, they made a sequel and the sequel didn't really do any very well. But the, this original, I, I highly recommend because um, just, again, it's like everyone's been saying, it's like, how does society, how does the government handle certain situations after a certain major event? And and you come up with this decision, this this reasoning, and you know, killing off your you know teenagers I mean, for for what? Pretty much fighting for themselves and all that. It just you kind of try to understand the logic behind these certain things, and it you figure it's like you try to if you try to justify it with it, it's like well I can understand, but really it's like this is crazy. But like I said, it's an enjoyable movie, and hopefully you can try to understand where all the plot twists and and where the reasoning behind of why they had to do what they had to do. <laughs> and not the Hunger Games. <laughs> uh, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I know you're like, yeah, that Mockingbird thing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Jennifer Lawrence. I was like, oh, yeah. yeah. Hey, you're listening to Fantastic Forum on WERA 96.7 FM, Radio Arlington. I'm Ulysses E. Campbell. I am joined today uh, by Brian Lyles, Camille Richardson, and Mike Lunsford. And we are talking about uh, our post-apocalyptic and dystopian future properties. And um, I was was actually, because I started out with sort of a book that was also a movie. Second one I mentioned was uh, a comic book. And uh, I was actually going to mention why the last man the comic book but so uh, I. oh well in that <laughs> case i you know see i'm glad then because now i won't mention why the last man <laughs> <laughs> i'll pivot to something else and this is more dystopian future kind of thing but uh, it's a norman jewison film uh, it's called rollerball and uh, let me tell you now they they did a remake uh, you can mm-hmm. absolutely forget the remake. Yes. <laughs> because <laughs> the original movie, uh, like I said, by Norman Jewison, uh, was written by William Harrison. But um, it's uh, actually uh, about this violent, futuristic game that is the recreational sport of the world. Uh, corporations have replaced nations, and there is one player, uh, Jonathan E., who's played by James Kahn, and uh, he is uh, fighting for... uh, He loves the game. He's the best person to ever play the game, but he has become bigger than the game, which becomes a threat to the corporate control. And uh, I'm I'm not going to tell you any more than that, (laughs) but to say that... uh, Well, Maude Adams is in it, John Houseman, um, a lot of people that you'll recognize if you are uh, somebody who... 
uh, has seen a lot of those mid-70s movies. Um, it's really, really well put together. Uh, there are uh, they, they focus more on the upper class of people in this society. Uh, you know that there have to be uh, this underclass of people, but like I said, this is focusing on the elite and um, the way that they live and the things that they do and uh, the way that they maintain control. And uh, the action sequences in particular, because, uh, I mean, it's sort of like um, a combination of football and roller derby uh, and, um, you know, and something that is uh, even more violent. And uh, ultimately, the corporations, because they want Jonathan to retire and uh, he won't retire. Uh, his, his team, the Houston team, are, um, it's the playoffs and they are defending they're uh, they're because they're the current rollerball champs and they're defending their championship and um the corporate the energy corporation uh, is the one that owns uh, the houston team and john houseman is like the chairman of the board or whatever and uh the the uh, rollerball people are they're ratcheting up the <laughs> the stakes because they're trying to force him out and uh the um the final the, the championship uh, against New York, and you just knew New York, a New York team was going to be somebody, a team that was good at this game. Uh, there's no time limit and no penalties <laughs> in the championship. And it's like, yeah, we're just going to kill this guy. But it's a really, really well done movie with a lot to say about uh, things like uh, elite classes and uh, violence in sports and uh, corporate control so uh rollerball that that's the one that i'm going to mention so uh camille i defer to you well now it has been a while since i've read it so if you want to piggyback off this you are more than welcome to but uh why the last man by uh brian k vaughn um essentially it's set uh current times and some sort of virus has gotten out that's killed every single male mammal except for one human and his monkey and so while he's tr waking up trying to figure out why all the other men are dead and it's only women left he is trying to find his girlfriend through all of this and he can't really go through the world just walking around as a dude so he has to go disguised in hiding because if there are women who aren't just trying to kill him because they think it's just God's way because all obviously all the rest are dead. They're either trying to procreate with him or they want to study him and try to figure out why this happened and how. So it, it's kind of funny because as you're going through the story, I will say that, and I wonder what your thoughts would be on this, Yuli, but Yorick, he's the main character. He reminded me so much of Fry from Futurama. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why, but like the humor, just the way like I imagined he spoke and everything was just so much like him. But it 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 made it very fruitful. Uh, but I loved that book. It's ten trades now. They're actually in in five, so it makes it a lot easier, and you can get them all. But uh, wonderful, wonderful story. And Brian K. Vaughn, who also has done Saga and a number of other books like Paper Girls, I, he has this way of being able to capture the reader like just their heart in his hand and he can just crush it at just barely a moment's notice because you're so attached to these characters and he's just not only is he a great world builder i'd say he was he's even better with character development and you just completely get sucked in 
Mm. You know, um, I'm, I, and it's funny because of comic book writers that I, I'm familiar with, Brian K. Vaughn and Chris Claremont are two men who I think write women really well. And, you know, I, I think that's, that's a particular skill. Uh, you know, because finding a character's voice and understanding uh, or developing motivations, um, that's no easy feat uh, for a man, you know, when trying to write women credibly. So yes. uh, I, I, I was extremely impressed with Brian K. Vaughn for that, especially characters like, uh, well, uh, she's like a co-star, Agent 355, who is one of my favorite characters yes. of all time. She's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, in fact, like I'm really in her own right. Yeah, yeah. Well, and I'm really excited about uh, what they because this is uh, under development as a TV series, and uh, you know, in and out of development for how long? Are, are we certain yeah. this is in development again? Because I don't FX, even remember anymore. FX is supposed to be doing it. I mean, Weird. they've actually got people. They've shot at least a pilot. Um, I understand. They they had to replace the star though, but um, apparently it is coming, and uh, it it should be well worth the wait. But uh, yeah, I hope so. yeah. well, and I, you know, in in a world without men, also, I mean, this is this is such an interesting story for so many different reasons in terms of the way that this culture develops abs yeah. absent men. You know, I mean, you know, you got the the new Amazons and stuff that rise up and, you know, then the fact that, uh, you know, because heck, um, it's it's the U.S. government uh, that and, you know, because that's how Agent 355 basically gets assigned to him. The government yep. is like, oh, we got to protect this guy because he's the last man on Earth. You know, it's just wow. You know, so um, and, you know, a, hey, you thought men were bad. Oh, let me tell you. <laughs> There are some women who are like, oh, oh they, no. they, they dirty, they bad, <laughs> and not in a good way. Uh, nope. Yes, yes, not <laughs> not bad meaning good, but bad meaning bad, like actual bad. Yeah, not like not like Miss Janet if you nasty, like you know. Yeah. So why the last man? That's that's a very good call. Hey, so um, we don't have a lot of time left, but uh, I think we absolutely can get. Uh, Mike and Brian in. So, uh, Mike, what do you got? Uh, I have so many. My God, which one am I going to choose here? Uh, let's go. Why have we not talked about um, Terminator and Terminator Two: Judgment Day? Like, I'm not bring. I'm not bringing the other ones into this. Um, they're. I mean, they're fine. They're great. Whatever. Like even the, the most recent one, I still haven't seen it yet. But um, here's the thing: is that's an apocalyptic world that that was scary enough that like it spawned how many movies now even though some of them have been really really bad they keep going back to it mm -hmm. it's it's that interesting you know like they keep they're like no 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 we can fix this we swear and that says something a lot about the story because the idea that one person can make that much of an impact on the world is awesome because humanity more or less like screws up but you know did we we, we make this awesome thing we're like hey we made artificial intelligence and then artificial intelligence is like you know what would be great no people <laughs> and it wipes us out and then we have to rebuild and it's 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 kind of an inspiring story because humanity finds a way to always come back and i think that that's kind of cool but then the robots are like no 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 we're gonna send arnold schwarzenegger back in time and we're going to have him 
kill this person of hope, you know, John Connor, but we're not even going to kill him. We're going to kill his mom. And like to this day, like a lot of people say they like T2 better. They say Judgment Day is, is, is their favorite. I like the first one. I think the first one's more of a horror movie. I think the first one had is more it's tighter. Like it's just like every all the pacing is just dead on. It's just such a great movie. I love T2, but I feel like Terminator uh, is a work of art. And just to see like those flashbacks that uh, Kyle Reese has where he's like he's sleeping in that sewer and he's like flashing back to like living basically like wherever they can to hide from the Terminators and like how important dogs are because dogs can sense when they're Terminators even though they've got that synthetic skin. And like I love that we don't know every single facet of what goes on. It's just little bits and pieces. He's like, well, they tried to do it once before, but the synthetic skin looked fake and it was falling off. Like, little bits and pieces like that make make that movie just that much more robust. And, like, I don't want to say they ruined it when they did the future ones um, or the, the ones that we've seen most recently, like the one with um, Christian Bale. I mean, those are okay, but I liked it when it was just, we were just getting little bits and pieces of it. And that's one of those movies, either either the first one or the second one, if it pops on TV... I stop what I'm doing and I have to watch it. It's just, it's it's one of those that deserves your time no matter what. Mm-hmm. All right. Okay. Uh, Brian, real quick. Real quick. Uh, it's this one, again, Far East, Asia. Uh, it's called Dr. Stone. Uh, it's, it's a manga that came out like two years ago. Uh, and it's now also been developed into an anime series. And it's very entertaining. Uh, it's pretty much based on some green light made the entire world every human being and sparrows into stone and it and then all of a sudden uh this one kid by the name of senku he's a teenager and he wakes up out of it 3700 years later and everything is gone back to the stone age so and he's a science geek so pretty much he's trying to rebuild the old world that he remembers back it, you know, back by using science. So he, you're in a way, it's kind of like he's teaching you some science in a sense of trying to trying to get his life back together in a sense. So he helps out by getting his friend back into normal normalized uh, persona as well. And he goes through the ups and downs of dealing with this new stone world. And it's very entertaining and I like it. Um, you can see it right now on Cartoon Network. I, I would say, yeah, Dr. Stone. Hmm. Okay. All right. Well, look, uh, that is all the time we have for today's show. I'd like to thank all my panelists and you, too, for tuning in. Of course, Fantastic Forum is also a television show. If you happen to be in the Arlington, Virginia area, you can tune in tonight to Arlington Independent Media, Comcast Channel 69, Verizon Files Channel 38. Check it out at 8 p.m. Saturday and Sunday nights. Also... The radio show re-airs each and every Thursday at 3 p.m. And you can also visit the website at www.fantasticforum.tv and uh, check out complete episodes of the TV show, complete episodes of the radio show. We've also got segments of the TV show broken out, and there's a lot more content there. And, of course, come back again next week. Same bat time, same bat station. Have a great weekend. Try and stay safe and remain healthy, people.